0: All right, so those of you who have been in class were in 1 Samuel, uh, which is actually, as we talked about, it's actually really not 1 Samuel. It's really the, the books of 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th Kings. They all talk about the monarchy in uh, Israel's history. Uh, and so today we have the story that everybody knows. Uh, we're in 1 Samuel 17 18. That's David and Goliath. Uh, George Goldman, who is not here today, is George here? He's teaching. He was ragging me last week. He said, because you missed all the theology last week. So I said, oh, God, we're going to talk about theology today. The theology in 1 Samuel. Uh, Because everyone knows the story of David, right? 15, 16, 17-year-old goes out, hits a guy with the sling, falls down, cuts his head off, uh, marries a king's daughter, his family gets tax exempt." Uh, he becomes king. That's the rest of the book. That's the rest of the book, by, by the way. If you don't want to read the rest of the book, that's it right there. Uh, there's some other things in there, too. Uh, but let's talk about some theology in Samuel. Uh, let's, uh, let's start with god having regrets. It's good thing there's lots of elders in here, so I can ask them these questions. Uh, it says in Samuel that God regretted making Saul king. What does he mean by that? And does does God does God regret things? Does he not see that? Does he not know that bad things are going to happen? When he picks Saul, do you not think, this is probably not a good choice. Which takes you up to, does God make bad choices? He he picks Saul.
1: Well, he picks us. Yeah. He chose us from the beginning, and uh, sometimes we get off track.
0: Sometimes we do get off track.
2: Well, when Samuel said that the people had rejected him, God told Samuel, "No, they did not reject you. They rejected me." Mm-hmm. And so, change so he allowed them to have a king, another king, not him as king. But I don't know that he changed his mind. Of course, he knew how it would play out. But he, what's he going
0: to do? <laughs> it's people. It's people. So, so he he picks. Saul Well, did he pick Saul or did he pick the king that he thought the people would kick would pick? <laughs> was he showing? you know, uh, in life, you learn by uh, examples, good examples and bad examples. Did he know that Saul was going to be a bad example?
3: Well, would that keep the people from wanting a king as well when they see? Well, David's better, so you see the not the stead mindedness of the people, you know, they just kind of went from here to there. So, did he pick Saul because we well, did know? But that also <coughs> a king's not so great, with at Saul. So, the people would see that. <coughs>
0: I don't know what. Respond to her. There's a lot of uh, wisdom in this classroom. Uh, you know. I think that he gave them
3: a team that
2: physically oh. they would have the, the people. He knew
3: that the people would look at Saul. He was
0: like, yes. He's the, king. he's the king, yes. He was
3: the king because he's headstrong
4: <laughs> and he's striking to But he knew as with most kings that we read about, well some failed to war even David fell. Yeah. So I
3: think with pretty much anybody who could said, I would probably think because nobody can go back to the Lord, So he he knew that he was going to fail. But he gave somebody else a chance of what the people want. Yeah. Because
1: as parents, I think most of us understand the difference as parents between surprised and regret. I don't think God was surprised it was the whole old kind of to demonstrate that we need Christ. Uh, regretting it, yeah, but it was a reality in, in the and the system of good and evil that
0: men fell into. So. I mean I I, I I like that analogy. We all of you have kids, I think everyone here has kids of some sort. We don't 100% agree with every decision our children ever have made, correct? <laughs> we just kind of go, you could have made that one better. And I'm sure they think exactly the same way of us. You know, you could have made a better decision, however. Yes?
5: Uh, you did talk about this last week, so I, I'll, I'll give you a pass against George's statement. I, I thought you did talk about some rambles about this topic. Um, but when we were talking about last week, my mind went to free will um, and that God can redeem our choices, uh, no matter how bad they are, right? So uh, I think that, you know, I don't have all the answers, but my opinion is that God saw potential in us um, But that was blessed um, fulfilled, um, just like you saw in David, and it was, you know, he did good things and bad things. But I think that's what he, what he does with us as well is he sees that we have potential if we make the right choices and he wants us to have a choice to love him and, or to not love him. And ultimately he can redeem any of that. Yes. I think of it too sort of as parent analogy. It could be like, you know, when one of our teams or three like is begging for an Xbox
3: Really don't to have this because this, this, and this reason it takes that the 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 to find you the but then your grades fall your heart, your you to know? you know, sort of like that, like, hey, you pestered me, i what you want, you know, no, it's probably not pestered me, you and afterwards you're like, didn't remember. <laughs> 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 well, Was
1: that an actual
0: problem?
1: Was actual problem?
0: I said that was an extremely specific example. I like that. But I like. I'm talking
3: about
0: yeah. I, I like to, uh, I'm which one of the Greek uh, philosophers said, uh, "Unintelligent people make mistakes and repeat them. Uh, average people learn from their mistakes and get better. Intelligent people learn from other people's mistakes. Uh, I think that's when you look at the Old Testament." While well, you look at the New Testament too, everyone's making mistakes. I mean, start all the way back with Adam. You know, he's not he's not paying attention, or he is paying attention and not saying anything when Eve eats the fruit, not the apple, it's the fruit. Uh, and then you go to Abraham. I mean, Abraham he lies, he cheats. Uh, he is not a stellar. You 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 don't look at the whole story of Abraham and go like, man, I want my kids to be like Abraham. Now, you want the faith of Abraham, but you look at his life and go, wow, he he does some stuff. Uh, you look at uh, Isaac, uh, you look at Jacob and Esau. I mean, Jacob steals stuff. He runs away. Uh, his second wife, just so talking about having two wives, uh, steals the family idols and lies about it. Uh, I mean, over and over and over again, you see this. Pattern of God choosing people and then people making decisions that take them down the wrong path, and then they turn. Uh, well, sometimes sometimes they turn. Sometimes you don't. You have Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, which we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, you, so you see this constant redemp this story of redemption, choice. <laughs> People choosing to follow God and then choosing other behaviors, then falling away, and then being redeemed and coming back. That's the, the entire story in First Samuel is that. Uh, you know, we see that from the very beginning. The entire book of Judges is that, is fall away, someone come, we redeem, we repent, we change our lives, God restores us. So I, I, I think that, yeah, God having to regret, I think the regret the regret is our behavior. I don't think God was regret, regretting he chose Saul. I think he's regretting the path that Saul went down. Yes? Uh, maybe I late,
1: maybe I mentioned
0: it, But isn't there language around the flood where God says, I regret making man. Yes. But he finds Noah. And then Noah is not as the uh, new driven snow. There are issues with Noah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, the first thing Noah does is plants a vineyard and gets drunk. He was the most
1: righteous man in the time.
0: Right, yeah. He was not perfect. Yes? Hey,
1: Jeff, I, I
4: have, I'm sorry for
0: Saul. And is he
4: ever, I love the redeeming aspect but is he ever, one, is he ever redeemed? But when you look at his character, first, when he was picked, all his friends thought, well, why they picking Saul he's not the goodest spiritual person? And then he gets picked, and then it almost is like he's set up, because in seven days he's waiting for Samuel to come before he fights the Philistines. And it was the seventh day, and he doesn't have Samuel, and Samuel said he'd be there. And so he gets nervous and goes in and goes to worship with the uh, time,
0: ceremony and yeah.
4: And then all of a sudden Samuel's there. And it's, I just feel like I just didn't seem fair. Just like he was being tested and
0: then to the limit. So I feel sorry for him. we jumping that word "tested." He was being tested. Yeah. Now, what about faith and testing? Because you see that you see that in Eli at uh, the beginning of the book. You see that in Samuel. Uh, you see that in Saul. We're going to see it in David coming up uh, as we continue in the second Samuel. See it in Solomon, Rehoboam, ne- Re- all the kings from there on out. They all have tests. Yeah. So when you know, is that? One of the things that got that this story is telling us, that God, that you will, your faith will be tested. Now, life is not driving down the uh, the interstate of life with the guardrails on both sides, right? Yeah. It's I'm totally safe because there's no cars coming my direction. It's an easy drive. I think there are there are times when you're tested. You're going like, I don't know what to do. Uh, which then bre- segues us into this way. Spirit of God entering and leaving. Uh, I mean clearly there, the prophet, there were prophets because throughout the whole Old Testament you see prophets jump up and go hey let me tell you what God told me. Uh, and obviously in this book Samuel is clearly a prophet. Uh, and he and God have discussions all the time. Now, the interesting part is Samuel rarely agrees with God. You see that? You notice that? He's always kind of going, Samuel's kind of going like, I want to go this direction. We'll take King Saul. Samuel's kind of going, I want to go this direction. And then God goes, no, 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 no. We're going this way. Uh, we saw it last week when he goes to anoint Jesse, the son of Jesse, right? Every time someone, one of the older kids, Sons walk in who looks like a warrior. Samuel goes, this is surely God's anointed. And God goes, no, 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 no. Let's go next. You know, and they go all the way down to the seven that were home. And God doesn't tell him to anoint any of them. He says, do you have another child? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's out. He's, you know, he's 14, 15. He's out keeping the sheep. And so they bring him in. And then God says, this is the guy who you pick. Who's the least of Jesse's sons. Uh, So, you have the Spirit of God clearly working. We were having this discussion, Leland, uh, the other night, uh, about, is this the Holy Spirit? Uh, We were discussing Unitarian, Trinitarian, what do we call the middle one, the Binitarian? Binitarian. Uh, And is this, when it says... Uh, Saul anoints, or sorry, Samuel anoints Saul, and the Spirit of God entered him. Is that the Spirit of God, or is that the Holy Spirit? Or is that the Spirit like Jesus says we're going to get when you become disciples? I can't be here. I have to go back to heaven so I can send the Spirit for you. Is that? Is this the same Spirit? So is this the Spirit... The Trinitarian spirit showing up in the Old Testament. I mean, clearly God's in the Old Testament because it says that starts starts in, uh, Genesis with that. Is this the Holy Spirit of God entering and leaving? <coughs> jump in! Jump in there.
2: <laughs> Just thinking back to when God told Samuel that they didn't reject Samuel, they rejected God then God went on to say that they will take your sons they will take your daughters and you will end up being the slaves to the king and you will ask for my help and I will not give it to you I will not listen to your cries and so it's not like it could sound like God was you know believing but really he's working but these things this is what you're going to do. Is, you're
0: not going to like what happens next. It gets back to our concept over here of testing, right? Because, I mean, we've you know, your, your kids, when they make a bad decision, and it becomes obvious it's a bad decision, uh, especially when they're younger and they're about to get punished, what do they all say? I'll never do it again, right? Don't punish me. I will never, ever, ever do that again. We all know it's a lie. We've all been kids. We know that the next uh, next uh, time that whatever comes up, staying up late with Xbox, when I'm supposed to be in bed, that's going to happen. Uh, and then so that's where discipline, discipline of parents comes in. Same thing I think of disciplining of God comes in is that sometimes uh, you know, you have to have, uh, I'm trying to remember how, uh, one of the business guys, uh, negative consequences. Uh, we, we had a business we had went bankrupt. And th- the way the email said is we had a negative outcome. <laughs> <laughs> I said, they could not bring the world to say we're bankrupt. They said we're, we're we're having a negative equity outcome. I said, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> So we already already figured that out a long time ago, but now that you actually put that in the email. But uh, yeah, it's like, and that's, sometimes you have to have negative experiences to teach you that I need to stay in the lane with the positive experience, right? Uh, pain sometimes is a good teacher. Uh, and sometimes other people's pain's a better teacher if you're smart enough, because you look and go, oh, they're not doing well with that. Maybe I shouldn't do that. And I think that's a lot of what you're seeing here in Samuel, is uh, the writer of Samuel recording? Here is what happened. So, when you get to that point in your life, where you go, oh, maybe I want, maybe I want to be in charge and be king, and you can see what happens with guys who are in charge, who don't keep God first. You know, th- even even uh, you know David, who is the greatest of the king, every Every Jewish boy wants to grow up and be David. Uh, he's the greatest of the of the heroes. Uh, if there are Jew, I don't know, the Jewish dolls you can buy in Israel that are super Jewish superheroes. If not, that's a market for us. <laughs> uh, but David would be the one that everyone would buy, right? Because you know he's the king. Uh, he writes the Psalms. Uh, Jesus, you know, is the Messiah. Was you know said to be in, in the the model of David uh, and the lineage of David so it's a uh, it's one but the spirit of God uh, does God go in because it says when David gets anointed when David gets anointed the spirit of God entered David it left Saul so all those two things related Could they both? Could they both have the spirit of God at the same time? Could they? Could they? Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: Yes. Didn't they they, did. they didn't. Yeah. Why? You're the other teacher. You jump in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. I think we all get different measures of the spirit, and that's
1: I don't know. That's a faith thing. I, mean, I there are times I feel feel the spirit, but being led, am I led by the spirit? I I, I, I've been in a lot of elders' meetings where we felt led by the Spirit, and six months later been totally slapped down, and obviously it wasn't from the Spirit. Maybe it was the
0: evil Spirit from God. That's right. Last last one there. Evil
1: Spirit from God. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you judge. I,
0: yes, it's I see. It's
3: possible that when someone chooses to do God's will that he adopts the Spirit of God in that context and tries to follow and then at some point he years <coughs> off and the Spirit of God leaves him because he's no longer pursuing the spirit or intent of God's will, rather than being, uh, being led by the Holy Spirit as we sometimes imagine ourselves uh, as Christian people receiving the Holy Spirit. Yes, Mike. Um, in the Old Testament, uh, God dwelled in the tabernacle, in the holiest of holies. And I think one of the saddest verses uh, in in the Bible is when the people had become so uh, evil that the Spirit left and parted in the cloud. And um, so he no longer uh, dwelled. So I think there comes a point where God. Is not long-suffering, and separates himself when
0: it gets to a certain level. So, we are leaving Saul may have been something similar to that. Alright, now, do evil spirits come from God? Because the words in Samuel say, and God sent an evil spirit. That's so, la- bottom one. Because it says there that an evil, God sent an evil spirit on Saul. Where did the spirit come from? <clears throat> it
3: reminds me of God hardened Pharaoh's heart. God pardons
2: our heart. I mean, I think that... <laughs>
0: Go back. Is that right? go back to me that Saul didn't have a chance. not we'll fair <laughs> <laughs> It to me did wasn't It was not fair for Saul. And was he redeemed? I don't mean, know. I don't know. Is it fair for Pharaoh?
4: No, I don't think so. So, so
0: did God? Did God said Pharaoh up to be the fall guy? He said I got to have someone go down for this. You're in. Yeah, I
4: know.
1: These are things so
0: I don't understand about God,
1: but I hope. Do you feel sorry mm-hmm. for the
4: admiral
0: guy? Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're about to. We're about to jump into that because a lot of your friends will uh, discuss that with you. Could I say one yes, yet? go ahead. So I
4: think about the Old Testament is totally different than the New
1: Testament. It is.
4: Thank (laughs) you. Old
1: Testament is before God had kids. Changed everything. So it's comforting to me to try to think
4: about it as, well, that's the Old Testament. And I hope once uh, the Holy Spirit that after Jesus' death is a a Holy Spirit that's different that's with us, because I hope He's with us when we mess up and doesn't just leave us, because I'm in bad shape. So, um, that this, this concerns me about God's Spirit coming and being born. I hope that's the
2: Old Testament
0: and that the New Testament's a lot different. So that's my problem. Uh, I mean, I, I'll take a slightly different view of that. I, I see the same God across the whole thing. Uh, I think we can act in such a way that, I think Mike said it, that we're not, if God is if the Spirit's going this direction, that if we choose to go this direction, I think the Spirit of God says, I can't be with you there because you're not going the right way. Uh, same thing of, you know, another story, for those of you who haven't read the end of the book yet, uh, David and Bathsheba. Uh, you know, David flat out looks at this girl and goes, wow, I, I need more wives. My first nine or so aren't enough. And she's married, so he has her husband killed, has her impregnated, and she moves into the, the uh, royal household with him. Uh, you're going like, that, but this is also the guy who, it says in here, he is a man after God's own heart. I mean, so we, we have the ability to make decisions.
4: But does that separate us from the love of God? Because it says nothing can separate us from the love of God. And I would think if he's not with us, then does he
0: love well. us? Yes, in the back. It
2: reminds
3: me of what Paul says in Romans chapter 9. He says, you know, God comes And I have mercy on you, but I have mercy on you. And I have, God, and I have tarps, and that don't question. Basically. Mm-hmm the huge difference between Saul and David
0: to their heart, right? Where when Saul screws up he doesn't represent really David because, you know, his heart is further home, you know, so I don't, you know, I think it goes. a huge difference between Well, I mean, it's, it says in Samuel we saw in last chapter he tells Samuel I, God, look at people's hearts. I don't look at their outward appearance. Uh, and so I look at hearts. And so I, God does have an advantage over us. He can see what we're truly thinking and what we truly want to do, uh, you know, as opposed to how we act uh, or how we fake act, whichever, uh, or how we, how, how we Instagram. Because uh, according to Instagram, everyone's life is phenomenal.
2: <laughs>
0: and YouTube, there, there are no bad things. Yes, Wayne.
3: Um, it, it's interesting. angle mentioned earlier that, um, that there are measures of the Spirit. Uh, we also know that uh, there's a verse that tells us that we can quit the Spirit. Now, that's our action on our part, not on God's part. Uh, but in the previous uh, thing that I mentioned where God left the tabernacle, he didn't leave it forever. He did return. And there's another interesting thing in Revelation. Uh, in chapter 4, it talks about the seven spirits that surround the throne. The spirits of God that surround His throne. So there's there's a, there's a lot that I'm not sure that um, we can wrap our, our minds around, all of
0: it. But, uh, uh, especially the next sixteen minutes. Yeah.
1: But, but according to, according to Judaism, um, this this idea that God sends an evil spirit and there's nothing you can do about it—he's cursed you with evil. Judaism would, would reject that. Someone talked about free will earlier. Akiba said, "All is determined, yet free will is given." which means we all have free will and god knows what we're going to choose but we don't always choose the right thing and that's that's my my perception i just don't think god would send my god would not sin and curse you eternally unless you were you were right for the faith
0: yes someone back yes
4: born for a purpose. I mean, he was it, it was pretty determined, I guess if, if anyone want to use it, he was going
2: to
0: turn Jesus over and someone give you again that he had price. But it so the same God follows the whole Bible The same his, his will is going
2: to be yes, they, well hold on that for a minute. Yes. Uh, there are evil spirits. They exist. Oh. And yes. so uh, one might think that on some level Job and evil spirit visited Job. But whoever Satan was with God in heaven and whether you know, God incited Satan or Satan incited God, they both work together and bad things happened to Job. So uh, it wasn't God's evil spirit, but in some sense, He gave the evil
5: spirit uh, permission. Yes. I uh, agree with your comment about Judas. And you know, I'm no believing in that if Judas hadn't died, someone else would have betrayed Judas in order to fulfill prophecy. And
0: that, again, goes back to free will I mean, I, I agree with that concept that yeah, things are going to get done because prophecy, God's part of prophecy that's foretelling the future, uh, it's going to happen because it says it's going to happen. Just like time will end at some point, uh, the the second coming's coming is uh, coming, which is horrible English, but it still works. <laughs> All right, now let's talk about the one that you'll get a lot from people who don't like, who are especially modernists who don't like being Christian or don't like talking to Christians. Complete destruction of people. Uh, The Amalekites. He says, kill everybody. Children, animals, wives, the men, kill them all. Uh, And people have a, you know, it's like, wait a minute, aren't children innocent? So you're telling me all the two-year-olds there that Israelites were told to kill them, which they were. Uh, So, you know, how do do you put that together with a loving, caring God? And then, if you want to get some (laughs) other ones, uh, when Israel has taken the northern kingdoms, Uh, The Assyrians probably wiped out half the people there. So there was nobody who was godly in the northern kingdom. Uh, When the southern kingdom goes away, Judah, uh, you know, they kill a lot of people. And they drag all the rest of them off to Babylon. And they leave people behind who would have starved because they took all the adults. Uh, Nineveh, uh, you know, the Assyrians destroy Nineveh. Jonah comes, Nineveh repents. 200 years later, the Assyrians destroy Nineveh down to the point that we just have recently figured out what Nineveh was. So there's no innocent people there? Where do you go with this? When, you pe- when people ask you about that. How, is you- how does your God destroy people? I wish George is here so he would... Change the subject. Change the subject, yes. Okay. So he could talk on this theological... This is a huge theology in the Old Testament, uh, because multiple times uh, Sodom and Gomorrah—you know—who got out? Lot, his wife, who turned into the pillar of salt, and his children. That's it. Everyone else died. Uh, Jericho, the people of uh, Israel come across, and God says, "Destroy Jericho and kill everything in it. It's the first fruits. Destroy it all." Well, in God is what? Even got in the flood. You know, eight people survived. And however many animals. A side note, go see the ark in, in uh, Kentucky. It's an, inter- it's an interesting day trip. And you can see like how big the ark really was. Yes.
1: We want, we want God to conform to the way we want him to be. But that's not God. God is who he is. So, you know, when he makes decisions like this, whether whether we think that's the right decision or not, God
0: doesn't care. God's God. Right, and this gets up to uh, Christian theology. God says, if you don't believe in me, you're going to hell, which is the same thing here. Uh, and uh, I just have, was watching videos of Francis Chan. Have you ever seen his... Video on his book on erase, uh, what's called, erasing, what's called, Racing Hell? Someone, Jane says yes. Uh, how Modern Theology has Erased Hell. Uh, it's, yeah, it's compelling. Uh, I think, so, I, this, I mean, I, this is a struggle. I mean, because I think it's the same thing. If God knows what God knows, I don't know what I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there are multiple. In, Instances throughout the Bible history where he destroys everything. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the time of Christ, uh, when, the, when the Jews rebel, the Romans, uh, Masada, 100% of the people died Masada, Jerusalem, uh, eighty seventy, 70, uh, everyone in Jerusalem was killed. They did not, the Romans did not take prisoners, they destroyed the city, they killed everyone in it. Uh, Same thing in, uh, uh, what's the little city up near Nazareth? Uh, Zipporah. Zipporah? It means bird on a hill. I can't, whatever Greek for bird on a hill is. Uh, It was around the time of Jesus' birth. They rebelled. Uh, The Romans went in, uh, destroyed the city, killed everyone in it, hung everyone from the cross and then put guards on the cross so that no one could take the bodies down and bury it. Where was, you know, there are surely innocent people in the city. Not everyone was guilty.
1: It, it means a bird
0: on a hill? Uh, it means a little bird on a hill. It's, it's, uh, it's about five miles from Nazareth.
3: Moses complied with his name, of course, with her name is bird.
0: Yeah, it's probably, it's probably named after I, I'm i blank. It's something very similar to that. That's great. <laughs> yes. I
4: think for me that... The thing that I think about, which is simple, ring, say it says, it says um, I, I just and Job would you going to go because I don't understand. You know, I don't understand. God is so much bigger than me, and and I'm not going to understand. And and to put it in more modern times, I mean, besides all this destruction, which to me is terrible, is in um, the message this morning with the young lady that had COVID. There are a lot of people who die that we want to live and we pray for, and so why do some die and some don't? And that's just, a, I don't understand that either. And it's, it's sort of that same problem. <coughs> oh.
1: yes. You know, we want to say the New Testament is a different uh, storyline than the Old Testament, but as some people might read, the New Testament, there is a judgment day. And then this
0: is going to happen all
1: over again in
0: some fashion. I yeah, yeah. I mean, the Day of Judgment is the Day of Judgment. It's not the everyone come in for free.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, you read in the, the entire New Testament, you read Revelations, there's a separation that occurs. I mean, God's a separator. Uh, and He says that faith in Him is the point of separation. You either believe in me or you don't. Yes, yeah, so in that it.
5: Yeah. Is up to me. The same instruction that we see in the, the Old Testament is only reserved for us by God's grace through Christ. For me to think that my sin is in the theirs, from a the Christian perspective, is what immediately comes to mind. And it's hard to think of it that way. We have a righteousness mentality, a you know, self righteousness mentality, but it's his righteousness. I don't can't say it's comfortable for me to talk with my friends who are not believers or disciples about this. But that's usually my answer: I say it's by God's grace that I've experienced what a simple person should get any of this stuff, or that he chooses to be selected separately, even though they were simple
0: Yeah, I think. There's a, lar- a large amount of truth in that is that we all deserve to be in the destructive side and that we're picked. Yes? I think, uh, Jeff, our, our, our ideas of innocence, we're talking
1: about children and and our ideas of the right
3: to live and right to life are very much human constructs. And I think God is very clear being a hero, but with, with your ideas of I'm of play, I don't have to abide by
0: your just. Yeah, because we all think, it was a poem my dad taught me. He goes, everyone has something wrong except me and thee. I know about me, I'm not so sure about thee. Uh, and I, I think that's kind of how we, we go through life. So I'm perfect, right? And the rest of you guys I'm not so sure about because I can see stuff. But I mean, that's just a natural human, you know, we all grade things on how our internal scale is. You know, it, it's, and so that's, you're right, I think we'll all be very surprised when we get to heaven. And go like, oh, you, it's going to be one of those great oh moments. Oh, that's what you meant. Uh, you know, and throughout the New Testament there's the same thing. Uh, there's this story arc from the Old Testament to the New Testament. It's all about belief, redemption, sin, redemption again. Because they all start out believing in God and then we all go our own way. Uh, and Saul is the example right now of that, of you know, because he uh, you know it says that he conqu- he defeats the Philistines. So he is following God. And God is allowing him to win, and then he veers way off to the point that you know Samuel says, "I'm taking the I'm taking the crown away, and I'm giving it to somebody else." Uh, and then you know you have David, and we're going to repeat this. the entire books of First, Second, Third, and Fourth Kings are this cycle over and over and over and over and over and over again. You you think we'd learn, but we don't because our, our life cycles are the same thing. Good decision, bad decision. Repent, good decision, bad decision. So I think that's what a lot of these topics and saying will teach us, is that, how much time we got left? Two minutes. Uh, you know, that the great heroes of the Old Testament are no different than us. We make good decisions if you have faith even if you're, you know, David, the greatest the pe- person after God's own heart, is going to make bad decisions. And it's just a matter of do you recognize them, repent, and change your life? Saul does not. Uh, and then in one minute, uh, David and Goliath. Did Goliath really exist? Uh, there, there's actually re- uh, Egyptian writings at the same period of a tribe of people who are exceptionally tall. They say four or five cubits. Uh, And a cubit is this distance to that. Uh, It varies depending on how tall you are. Uh, So Goliath can be anywhere from seven to nine foot depending on how you interpret that. Uh, But there's, uh, Ramses II, the guy I talked about last week, Uh, he actually writes about this tribe in the southern Canaan, all of whose warriors are between four and five cubits tall. So there were, there were, very large people in that area, so it's very possible it would that. Uh, so he may not have been nine foot tall, because the only time the uh, Israelites got to measure him, he's kind of missing his head. <laughs> uh, but if you notice that uh, they know exactly what his armor weighs, because David takes it and puts it in his tent, and so basically the story, whoever wrote this book said, yeah, you can. You go to David's house and you can see how much the spear was. We can weigh it. Here's the armor. So we know exactly how much that was. So did David bid Goliath? Absolutely. Uh, very. Con- it was also a very common uh, way of fighting in those days. Uh, the Sumerians, the uh, Hiskos, the Hittites, the Egyptians all have stories of this of fighting where the two armies come together and said, send your best guy out, we'll send our best guy out, and we'll fight. Whoever wins, wins. Very common. So it was. it's not like, you know, the Philistines came up with this on their own. Uh, and so, you know, David, who probably in this story is less than 20. If you're 20, you're in the army. He's not in the army, so he's less than 20. Uh, and so, you know, he kills, he kills a giant, uh, and then you'll notice after the story after that is he becomes a famous man, uh, he becomes a warrior. Uh, Saul tries to marry him off to his oldest daughter and he says no 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 no, I don't want to marry your oldest daughter. It turns out that his youngest daughter, Michael and David like each other because it says Michael really thinks David is handsome and that she wants to marry him. so, the second time Saul tries to marry him off, he marries his younger daughter. The reason he didn't marry the first time, he's probably he'd probably met Michael. Uh, I think so, it's because
1: he couldn't
0: pay the dowry. Uh, it could be because he's young. There's a dowry in son. The second
1: dowry he could do. Right,
0: right, the right And the, and the, the second dowry uh, Saul wants to get rid of David, so he says, I need uh, 200 foreskins of the Philistines. And David goes, Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> Uh, and he, he brings it back in a relatively short amount of period, and they get they get married. So uh, we, we won't even talk about the, theolo- That's the theology. theology. Of that. That's
3: right. <laughs>
0: That's right. The theology of circumcision versus non-circumcision. That's right.
3: Uh, all right. We'll see
0: you next week. Uh, chapters. What was it? Seventeen, eighteen, so nineteen and twenty.